Welcome beyond the neutral zone. I am Brandon, joined by my good friends Tanner and Ben. Today is Monday, February 26th. Today we are going to go over some of the college basketball games that went went on this past weekend. One in particular Tanner may not want to talk about, but we will talk about it. And we're going to t- discuss some of the changes going on in the NFL, some other big news in the NFL as well. I don't think there's any news in college football that we need to discuss. And we're even going to get into a little bit of NASCAR. But before we get into all of that, I've got a question for you guys. Okay. If you could be on any game show or reality show that you've ever seen, which one do you think you would have the best chance at winning? Say with you. Okay, so I've heard other people say Family Feud did this before. If, you want, if you're going to win Family Feud, you need the rest of your family to be good at it too. Because it's going to be your family on Family Feud. I feel like we could do it. I feel like we could do so, it. So I okay. thought I thought you were going to say which one do you most want to be on, and my answer was going to be Family Feud without question. I feel like that'd be so much fun. Okay, but which one do I have the best shot at winning? Yes, I'm I'm going to go with Deal or No Deal. Okay, why? Why? Just that is one hundred percent chance. Yeah, Deal or No Deal is just. Not, I feel like I'm fairly lucky and. Also fairly good with like statistics and numbers and stuff. So I feel like I would know what's a good price to be like, okay, I'm accepting that deal. There's only this many cases left. There's only this percentage of me having this case and they're offering this much. I'm going to take that much and just walk away. Okay. So interesting. Okay. So Tanner, are you sticking with family feud? Okay. Okay. So fair answer on that. So let's say you as an individual, if you go somewhere, if you go on something, it's not a team. I am an individual. I know, but okay. So let's say a game show or a reality show where and you don't have your family with you. Which I'm, one do you think is the best one that you could win? Best minute chance to win. Minute to win it. Minute to win it. That one's like random. Question. There's no. It's not question. It's like random skills things, right? The, yeah, random skills things. And like you have a minute. Like you have a minute. To do yeah, that. random challenges. Yeah, basically. random. Challenges. You don't know which one they're going to give you. Right. Uh, it's just kind of random which one. Okay. I feel good though. So you all went the game show route. I'm actually going to go the reality show route. And no, I'm not going to say the Bachelorette. Okay, no. But I am going to say this. I'm going to say Survivor. I think I could win Survivor. And here's, you think you could yeah. win Survivor? And here's why. Here's why. So the so the early rounds, I'm athletic enough that I think all those challenges and stuff that you can do to win immunity. I think that I would I would win almost all of those. I I really feel confident in that. I would, I could get immunity through the early rounds. And then when it gets to the later rounds, when it goes to audience voting, mm. I think that I'm a likable enough person. I could, I could, I could like, I could, what's the word for it? I could charm. I could charm. Don't talk sports with anybody. Yeah. Yeah. I won't talk. Sports. Don't talk sports. I can, char- I, I think I could charm the audience. So I would win the audience vote when it gets to that point at the end of the show. Mm. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think, I think I could win the immunity challenges through most of the game. And then by the time it gets to the end, I think that. I could charm the audience to win it. I I would say that for me too, but I've played it twice with our cousin up in Connecticut, and I haven't won a single time. Not the actual show survivor, but yeah, yeah. But it was like you're everybody knew you were a threat instantly, and then voted you off yeah. instantly. No, I made it to the top three every time, but I just didn't know. Like it was in Connecticut, which is twelve hours away from where I yeah, lived. You didn't so know most. I didn't people. know most of the people. Yeah, but when you're if you're on the actual show survivor, nobody knows any of the people. Yeah. So it's just about charming the odds. I didn't make it to the top three, but yeah, but yeah, I think I think I think that I I really do think I could win Survivor. There are some other ones. I think I think our family, depending on what parts of our family we're talking about, I think we could do really good at family Family Feud. Yeah, 
Here's my thing why I went with Dill or No Dill 2. Also, because most of the other game shows require like being able to spell. And I I can't spell at all. You would be terrible at Will of Fortune. Yeah. Will of Fortune works. People would be like, A, and I'd be like, I forgot what was said. I don't know. A, I don't know. Like, I would either forget that what had already been said and not know how to spell. Yeah, it would be bad. I would go to guess the puzzle and then get it right, Here's but the thing. spell it wrong. Yes, the puzzle The puzzle would literally be, like, the answer to the puzzle, would the actual answer would be Will of Fortune. Like, that would that's what would be on the, the screen. And Ben, the only thing that would be missing would be the O in Fortune, and or the U in Fortune. And Ben, it would just, just be a U. And Ben would be like, can I buy an E? It's like, no. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a U. Come on now. <laughs> Yeah, it, but uh, it's not good. It's not. Yeah, it's it's pretty rough. It's a rough. I'm trying to think of some other off the wall ones that were kind of popular. Price is Right is a fun one, but I think that one's a lot of chances. What well. was the I've one got... that was like the three okay. curtains and everything? Not the Price is Right, because I'm pretty sure Price is Right has. Yeah, they had like three curtains, and you had to choose a random one or something like that. It, it was like, literally let's make a deal. Maybe because they just chose random people from the audience or whatever. Yeah, I think that's let's make a yeah. deal. I think. All right, Tanner, what do you got? Fear Factor. Oh, that, that's how far do you think either one of us would go? Okay. I, I'm not getting, no. As so, soon as there's because there's also, a team, there's also a team aspect as well. Yes. So I think the first round, I think we would all do well because a lot of times that's some kind of like action, like physical, like, like, yeah, like basically just like uh, courage kind of things, challenges. Yeah. But usually the second round is whenever they need to eat something really disgusting. You have to I can eat something it. or lay in like something with yeah, You got to do something like, yeah, you got to do something that's really good. There, there are some things I think I would, I would be cool with. Like, like the, I, one time I saw them eating like testicles from a ram. Like a like a ram like with a ram, ram ball. some test you had to eat you had to yeah. eat a testicle from a ram. I think I could do that if it was an eating challenge. I could do it if it was laying in a pit of scorpions or snakes. There was no. bro. There was one that I watched. You you're you lay in this like basic you lay in this casket, okay? And I want to say there's something in the casket, whether it's like oh, mice or something of that nature. All the roaches. They basically bury you alive. Like, they yeah. throw this massive pile of dirt on it, okay? So, like, there's three keys that, there's three locks, and basically, you have to bust them open and get the keys and unlock to unlock the casket. Yeah. And basically, the person with the shortest time the one person with the shortest time moved on, highest time, obviously, was in the menu from the show. Gotcha. Could you do that? Could you be ba- not buried alive? It depends on what stuff is around me. Like Ben was like, like if there's like, if, so you're in a casket. You're saying right? You're yeah. You're you're, you're, you're in, in a casket. Cat. One person's in a casket. So let's say there's three mice in there with me, or three rats. Because if it's fear factor, no, it's probably rats. They're burying you with them. It's not a set number. They're literally just no. Keep no. You ben, he, no, he's saying you're in a casket. No, so you're in it. So here's what happens. Yeah. So you get in the casket. They bear like they have a they have you dug like right. They yeah. lower you down and then they throw dirt on top of you to right. where after the person gets the keys, they have to grab a shovel and dig enough dirt up to where they can open up the casket. Gotcha. So yeah, you're you, there's a there's quite a bit of dirt on like there's there's quite a bit. Yeah. So this that that's actually fascinating. I wonder if there's somewhere that I could stream all the old fear factor. YouTube. 
you fear all of the fear factor episodes are on youtube there's a very good portion that are on i need i want to go do that dude that sounds fun i got very very bored one night i didn't work and like binge watched a ton of them bro. i, I would do that that binge sounds watched fun. a ton of them that sounds fun they were good when Ludacris was like when Ludacris was over it, dude. It was so fast. I didn't even know Ludacris used to do that. So um, before Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan started. Ludacris done it after. Oh wow! And dude, it's that. actually fantastic. Huh. He does a fantastic job. Yeah, that sounds that sounds fun. I'm not gonna lie, I'm not gonna. Oh, lie. naked and afraid. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it, bro. I don't even want to walk around my own house naked. Okay. I, I told oh, you said naked, bro. <laughs> Dang it, Brandon. It's naked. It's and not I, naked. I said naked. You said naked. No, I did. I did not say I naked. swear. No. Go back and play it. I Brandon. said naked. Go back and play yeah, it. He I, said naked. I am well Dude, aware of it. Eight eight for eight forty. We're going back and listen. I I, I, I swear you said naked. I did not say naked. Yes, you said did. naked. Bro, eight forty. After this episode. I am well aware. Of how to say the word name. All of the people that are listening, if there are any, they've already went back and heard you and are agreeing with me. No. Yes. I promise. 840. Okay, go ahead. I'm going to say 840. But what I'm saying is there's no way. Walking around the wilderness with absolutely no coverage whatsoever, dude, there is no way. I don't even care if it's like a tropical place, especially if it's cold. Definitely can't do that. I don't like you. You're okay. You're too afraid like ants would crawl up my butt or something oh, like well, that. Yeah, bro. Like, on average, we swap. No, listen. On average, in a year, we swallow like one or two spiders a year. Yes, I'm aware of this. I, I just, I've heard that before too. I just call BS on. You this. sleep with your mouth open. I guarantee you, you sleep with your mouth. I just, I don't. I mean, even if that's true, I don't think spiders are willingly crawling into my mouth. In the you don't know. Uh, you don't know what's willing to go I, in your mouth. I, but, but I've just, I'm just. Do you know how many folks just willingly fly into your eyeball for no reason? Well, it's because they're flying. They don't really know where they're going sometimes. They don't expect a human being's eyeball to meet them. Spiders will just be like, ooh, a cavern. Let's see what's in here. And then they're just being swallowed. I don't know. I don't know. I don't buy that one bet. Just biting everything they possibly can on the way down. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. So are we going to sports now? Yes, we're going to sports now. Okay. We're going to go to some, like, just news topics first. We'll, we'll go to the NFL first. The NFL, dadgummit, I should have had it pulled up, increased their salary cap by a total, gosh, man, where was it at? The official salary cap, wow, my phone is not wanting to load anything. Official salary cap is now $255.4 million per team which is a rise of $30.6 million per year. That is a massive jump. Most starting quarterbacks don't even make that much money. Mo like $30.6 million, most starting quarterbacks make less than that. So that is a huge, huge jump in a salary. They cap. knew what Dak Prescott was going to ask for, <laughs> so they knew that they had to. Yeah, it's a, that's a big jump. I mean, all the teams, like you can get, you can get like two actually like good players for that. You can get two of them, but you can definitely get one superstar for sure. So this is that's a big deal, man. That's that's huge, 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 huge deal. Which is one reason why the Bengals are going to be able to afford putting the franchise tag on T. Higgins, which is official now. Sad because I really wanted him to go to the Titans, but hey, whatever. The sal the franchise tag. How much do you think a franchise tag is for a receiver this year, Ben? 
Isn't it like twenty seven mil or something like that? How oh, did you see this? I think it's it's like twenty two million dollars, which is crazy for a receiver. That's wild, dude. Twenty two million dollars. That's probably more than what like Baker Mayfield made. Well, I think when Dak Prescott got tagged, it was like twenty seven to thirty two. Which that was years ago, but still, yeah. yeah, that's still that's crazy. I saw that, and everyone was like, "Man, I feel bad for T. Higgins. I wish he could have went somewhere else." I was like, "Dude's making twenty two million. He would not have got that if he signed with a team. No, I'm sorry, he's not. Maybe, but here's I why he would have him twenty two. Here's why he would have gotten that in free agency is because of the franchise tag number. Like he would have been asking, he would have been asking for more than the franchise tag number, and he probably would have gotten it. I just can't believe that franchise num- num- that franchise tag number is so high for receivers. Isn't it like top three or it's like the top average of the top five? It's like the top five average. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Which is not actually, if you think about it, not that surprising for receivers because like the top five receivers are getting paid a boatload, dude, like crazy amounts of money. It's wild stuff. I'm trying to think. Did you have you all aware of anybody else that have got any any of the big names that have got franchise tag? I did see a list of all the big free agent running backs on the market. None of them got franchise tag. Literally none of them, which is not that surprising to me. But I, I don't think anybody else did either. And I don't think free agency is open yet, so nothing else to really mention there for the NFL. All right, let's. Do you know? Okay, so we're going to talk about NASCAR. Tanner, do you know what the name of that race was that happened? Atlanta. I mean, I know, I know the track was Atlanta. Okay. I don't you know. know the the I don't remember was. what the name of the race was, but it was at Atlanta. Gotcha. Okay. So race at Atlanta over the weekend. Second race, the Cup Series for NASCAR this season. The end, If you did not see the ending of this race, okay, we're going to talk about it, but you need to go look this up on YouTube. All right, just look up like Atlanta, NASCAR, Atlanta 2024 finish. You've got to see like the final lap of this race. It's probably the most entertaining final lap of a race that I have ever seen. And I'm not like a crazy NASCAR fan, so it's not like I've seen tons and tons of hours of NASCAR. But as far as everything that I've ever seen, that was the most exciting lap I've ever seen. That was fantastic. So the best way I can explain this is if, and I say if, as if you haven't, we all know you have. If you've seen the movie Cars, the animated movie, from Disney, you see the final scene where it's a three-way tie at the end with Lightning McQueen sticking his tongue out. That's not the final. The end of the race. Oh, yeah. you said final scene. Did I say the final? Uh, the final of that race, the the last lap, where it's a three-way piston tie. cup. Say it right. The piston cup. You're correct. Thank Sorry. You. By the way, the you did what in this cup? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, thank you so much for that. Man. That three-way time you see in that race. What? I'm trying to think of the other characters' names. That it was Lightning McQueen, Lightning McQueen, Chick Hicks, Chick Hicks and, and McKean. Was, yeah, the, what, what's his name? He was supposed to be Richard Pay. Okay, yes, we get that, but the king, I forgot what his name is. I think his was. name is literally the king. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty we're, sure just gonna, we're just going to call him the king. I, anyway. I think it is the king. Like, he I, had a name. No, I literally think his name was the king. I'm not playing. I really think his name no, was the king. Lightning calls him by name at some point. Pretty sure it was the king. That anyway, we're, we're not going to debate the cars. <laughs> okay, we're, let's move on. Anyway. Hey, we could be like every other popular sports show and just start debating cars over here, you know. Who's really the goat? Lightning McQueen or <laughs> that was actually a really funny clip when that guy called into the Stephen A. Smith <laughs> radio show. That was like, yeah. 
fiction. That was actually really funny. And then Stephen A. actually had like a legitimate response to it. Like, I don't think I've ever seen. You've never seen that. I don't think I've ever. It's like somebody called into his radio show and wanted to have a debate with him about who was really the goat, and like he was comparing Lightning McQueen to somebody. I don't even remember who he was talking. Uh, shoot, and he was talking about the announcer by Daryl Cartridge. I don't think it was Bill. He was comparing him to Daryl Cartridge. I don't. Yeah. I don't even think he was talking about a NASCAR driver. But Daryl Cartrip is the announcer in the. Yeah, Daryl yeah. Waltrip is his actual name, yeah. but Daryl Cartrip is his character in the yeah. movie. Well, I, fantastic. Yeah, it's fantastic. That's so fantastic. But I guarantee that's fantastic, nobody right? considers Daryl Waltrip the GOAT, okay? That was not who he was talking about. He was saying as far as the cars go. Like, no, he was talking about Lightning McQueen compared to somebody that was real. And I don't even think it was NASCAR. I think he was comparing him to like Michael Jordan or something like that. And and then that's what Stephen A was talking about. He's like, Are you seriously gonna bring up a fictional movie character into the GOAT debate? And like and then he started listing like facts about Lightning McQueen, like Stephen A did. Yeah. <laughs> Where he was like so he's like <laughs> that's the part that I'm talking about. So you're right about the first part. I'm talking about the second part okay. because he was like, Yeah, I don't even think Lightning McQueen's the GOAT of the fictional picture yeah. series. That's exactly yeah. what Stephen A said. He's like, he's not even the GOAT of his own fictional universe because Daryl Cartrip had this many championships. Doc Hudson had this many championships. Lightning McQueen only got one <laughs> or two or whatever it yeah. was. Anyway, but yeah. Anyway, back to what I was saying about the actual NASA. This, bro. We were talking about NASCAR. Oh, yeah, that's right. That scene was a three-way tie with three, those three characters. The final lap, the finish of this Atlanta race that we just saw, it looked just like that, dude. Like the two... Middle car and everything. Yes, the two outside cars basically tied. Like it looked... Like you actually look frame by frame at the slow motion cam. It looks like a tie. And the middle car was just like one frame behind them. Like just barely. He just needs the tongue. Y'all want to hear something crazy? They just didn't have the blown tire. In NASCAR, that was the third closest finish in NASCAR history. That's crazy. That was the third. I guarantee you there's never been three cars that close. I guarantee yeah. you that oh, never no. happened. I can't, no. Yeah. But they said the time difference initially before they slowed it down and went back and looked at it was like 0.00 seconds. No, between he, he, all three he of He said 0.000. Yeah. He listed three zeros after the decimal point between the first three <laughs> cars. That is crazy, dude. What a finish, dude. What a, like, that was, that's fun to watch, man. You know, NASCAR, this is, they've, they've had two weeks so far since the NFL ended and they have killed it two weeks in a row. Nat, NASCAR has killed it, bro. Like, that is good, good TV. That's great stuff. They've done a great job. They may be recovering their, you know, whatever the word I'm looking for here is like their entertainment value. They may be recovering it. Man. They're doing better than baseball. That's for sure. Baseball did a pretty freaking good job last year, Ben. I just don't think you watched it. That pitch clock makes a big difference. It oh, one hundred percent makes a big, big difference. But anyway, who, who was the who actually got who actually won the race? Suarez. Yeah, was that who actually won the yep. race? Kyle Busch got third. I don't even remember who got second. Who was that that got second? I don't. Remember, I don't remember who it was. But anyway, it was man, heck of a heck of a race. That was super, super, super fun. I, I didn't get to watch it live, man, because I didn't know it was on. But, dude, I, I would have loved to watch that live. That would have been very exciting. Anything you, else you guys want to add to that? Next week? I feel like if there's ever a time to like get into and I know this is probably going to sound crazy to some people, but like if there's ever a time to get into like 
motorsports, I guess you could say, like, really, now is the time, bro. No, you you like F1 a lot, don't you? Oh, I, I love F1, bro. Yeah. I think, and the, look, I, th this is my personal opinion, okay? And if you don't know NASCAR, like, you're not going to know what I'm talking about, or maybe you do, okay? This is all, and I'm going to piss off a lot of old heads when I say this, and I, I know I'm going to, bro. I know, Good. but still. This is thanks to stage racing, bro. Stage racing was one of the best things they ever brought. To I completely agree. I 1,000% believe that they should bring it to F1. I truly do. Yeah. It'll never happen, but the way Max Verstappen is dominating I F1, right. they need to bring it to F1. And I, I truly believe I think that. that would help a lot. I agree. And I know I'm going to piss some old heads off saying that. Because they hate it. It's Especially because F1 only has, like, they have, like, three boosts or something they can use throughout the race or something like that, too. DRS? Yeah. No, it's more than that. They have a set amount. As well. They have a set amount. Yeah. yeah so basically. that would be super interesting to see the strategy behind yeah. when they decide they, to Are use they going to try to use them and win the stages? Or, or are they going to try to save them? Yeah. And, I mean, that's a good point. That'd be fun. It's interesting, bro. Like, it, it truly yeah. is. And, you like, were, it would even the playing field out a lot. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that'd be a lot of fun. The What, what you were saying about the old heads not liking it. I think this is a good comparison. It's the stage races, the stage racing. Yeah. The stage racing in NASCAR is the same thing as the pitch clock in baseball. Like it helps a lot. The old generation thinks it's like ruining the, you know, prestige of the, the event or whatever, but like, it's actually helping the entertainment value of the, of the sport. And because like, I'm not, I'm not joking. They've done a side by side, like going back to baseball. And I know you've seen videos of this. They literally done a side by side of like, and it back with the pitch clock and then it back without the pitch clock. Yeah. I'm not joking. They're getting into two, two counts, three, two full counts before they even get to the second pitch without one. Like, it's that bad. That's wild. It was, it was atrocious. And one change in baseball that I think helped even more than the pitch clock this past year was that pitchers, every time a pitcher comes into the game, they have to face at least three bad batters. Yeah. I yeah. think that helps even more. Yeah. I, because it was getting, managers were getting so picky about which pitchers were pitch, pitching to which batters. They were coming into literally face one batter and then yeah. coming right back out of the game. That took forever, dude. Yeah. So I think that helps out a ton. So anyway, yeah, that's that's some good change. That's not even counting the pitch clock either. Yeah. But like in the way and even taking that to NASCAR, like obviously there's no like race clock, but at the same time, the point system helps with playoffs. And I mean it's pretty much the exact same thing with F1 to an aspect of how they do their points. It's just backwards. Like first place stage winner gets First place stage winner, 10 points, second yeah. place, nine, all the way down. So, I mean, yeah. it's just, it, in my opinion, it's the best thing they've done in NASCAR. I truly believe that. I agree, right? man. I, I think you're right. I think you're right. Now they need to take restrictor plates off and let these cars run 230 miles an hour. <laughs> Let's not do that, actually. Somebody would die. The only reason why I wouldn't like that is because you may venture into a little bit in the F1 territory where some cars are just yeah. way superior to the other mm -hmm. ones. I think the restrictor plates kind of help level the playing field to where nobody's really dominant. Which, I which I'm pretty sure they don't even race with the restrictor plates now. They There's something with what they've done to the car. I need to look a little more into this, but... Like, it, it's something that they've done with the cars, I'm pretty sure, in general. Like, so I'm, I'm they've not, done a lot with the oh, cars. Oh, yeah, dude. A ton. Yeah. 
they have those things so scientifically modded out to where like they if you're in like with if you're not driving in a pack you can get up to like 198 miles an hour like exactly if but it are if, if you're not. not and if you are driving in the pack you can get to like 204 or something like that. oh yeah like especially that. especially super and i guarantee you like for those people that find it boring Go back and watch like this year's, last year's like Daytona race because the way that they have these cars. Oh, yeah. You have to draft, man. Like yeah. you can't draft by yourself. The draft has always been important. Oh, yeah. But, it's, now, but it's, now with the way that these cars are, bro, yeah, like good. you can literally, you can literally see like a car get a big push halfway or when they come out of a corner, like the pack has already come. Like it's just fascinating. It truly yeah. is fascinating. Yeah, I agree, dude. Did you see? I didn't know this until last week at the day at Daytona 500. How they change the steering mechanisms in the cars for whenever they get into a crash. I don't know. I can't remember exactly what it's called. There's a scientific word for it, but they change the way that the steering is. So whenever your car gets into a crash, the car like kind of corrects itself to where you're not going to be completely out of control. But because of it, your steering wheel is like spinning crazy fast and it's actually really dangerous for the drivers in the car. Like the, oh, yeah. if you well, watch if you watch the steering wheel, it's like bouncing all over the place. Well that's why And it, because of that, because of that, like they can't keep their thumbs in the mm -hmm. wheel. Like as if you did yeah, like dislocate your thumb or break your thumb or your wrist or something. Well so, even like, they've always taught because of that, like even old even like the old cars, they always taught the drivers when you're like that to take your arms off the wheel and put them across mm -hmm. your chest. So I don't know if that's and because now, of the new steering mechanism. Now it's but. different. If you if you look at the inside of the cars during those crashes now, yeah, those steering wheels aren't just like popping hard one direction anymore. They're popping everywhere, like back and forth, like like probably like 10, 15 times in a matter of mm. like five seconds. Like it's yeah. going crazy fast. So like one, I can't remember which driver it was, but one of them actually like really hurt his wrist. I think that was Ryan. I think it was Ryan Blaney because I was, was watching it? that race with you. Okay. Yeah. I think because he... They thought he, the announcers thought he broke his wrist for a minute. Cause like they had an in car, they had an in car camera. And as soon as he got hit and you saw the wheel jerk, he actually grabbed his wrist after that. Yeah. So he probably just jammed it. Yeah. So you're very into this conversation. What I heard is that a lot of those drivers now, they don't even drive with their thumbs inside the wheel anymore. On they top. drive it with their thumbs on top, like, like this, which yeah. I actually noticed because I actually been thinking about it this past week about how I hold my steering wheel when I'm driving. Yeah. I go kind of go back and forth. Like my thumb kind of gets tired of being on the inside sometimes. So sometimes I'll just bring it up and rest it on top. So like it just kind of it goes back and forth which one I'm more comfortable with at that time. So yeah. Yeah. Anything else you want to say about NASCAR before we move on to college basketball? No, nah, bro. I'm actually enjoying like I'm always the guy and I'll be honest about it. Like I'm always the guy at the beginning. Like I'm really, really into it and I really enjoy it. And it just kind of I think it's just because it's every weekend and the season's so long, I normally lose interest in it. But, like, it's really fascinating, man. Like, it surely is. There are just certain tracks that I really like. There's about 10 tracks. There's about 10 tracks that I'm really interested in. And all the rest of them, I just don't really have any interest in at all. I really like, where is Lowe's Motor Speedway? Is that Charlotte? Where's Lowe's? I'm not sure off the top of my head. I can't remember where that one's at. I like... I like Daytona. I like Talladega. The Charlotte are fantastic. I like Charlotte. Phoenix I like is another good. One. I like Texas. I like Atlanta. Know what you're talking about? Because we had this conversation the other day, bro. Like, I went back after Daytona. Like, if I'm like laying in bed or something like that, like trying to sleep, I went and looked up a Pocono race. 
bro, that was a lot of fun to watch. Oh like, I don't know what you're talking about, bro. It's so it is so long. much fun to watch. It's so long, dude. Each lap How take- day is the exact same. Okay, day. here's I'm talking about lap times though. Talladega lap time takes like two minutes. A Pocono lap takes like four minutes. It's it does not take four minutes. It's because they run pretty much the exact same. If it was four minutes, they couldn't run that many laps. It's dude, it has to be at least three minutes. It takes so long to run one lap on Pocono. It's crazy long, dude. How long do you think it takes, Ben? It's one one of those straightaways. Two and a half. <laughs> one of them it's probably spot on, I guarantee. One of those straightaways on Pocono has to be the longest straightaway in the entire sport. It has to be. That straightaway uh, that yeah. straightaway is ridiculous, dude. It is insane. And I still stick by Indianapolis is my still my favorite track. I love Indianapolis. Anyway, East Holm is my favorite. Let's move on to college basketball. Okay. So what I'm gonna do, we're gonna go over the games that we picked this past week. And I'm going to go, I'm going to tell you guys who, who got each one right and who got each one wrong. But I'm going to ask, since I've already, I'm looking at it on my notes app, I want one of you to start keeping our record on your own notes app. Which one wants to do that? It's big. Uh, you got it? Okay. Okay. So we're going to go through, we're just going to go through and list how we did first. And then we'll go back and talk about some games that we, that we find interesting to talk about after this. Okay. So first we did Houston at Baylor. I don't remember what their rankings were. I did, I did not list that. I probably should have. But Houston at Baylor. Tanner and Brandon each picked Baylor. Ben picked Houston. This game went to overtime. But Houston won. won. So Ben got it. Tanner and Brandon did not. This next one is just... Let me know when you're ready, Ben. I'm good. Okay. This next one is just inexcusable by Tanner. Vanderbilt at Florida. Brandon and Ben took Florida... Tanner took Vanderbilt. I don't know what the score of this was, but it was bad. It was bad. <laughs> I had va- I had faith in the Colorado. Oh my goodness, man. Okay, next BYU at Kansas State. Tanner took BYU. Brandon and Ben took Kansas State. Kansas State got that dub. I'm letting y'all know. I'm pretty sure I only missed two. One of them was this next one. Duke at Wake Forest. And I only missed this one because Brandon chose Wake Forest first. Tanner took Wake Forest. Brandon took Wake Forest. Ben took Duke. And Wake Forest won. And oh, we, we do need to talk about that. We'll, get, we'll have more to talk about that in a second. South Carolina at Ole Miss. Tanner took South Carolina. Brandon and Ben took Ole Miss. South Carolina won. There's one for Tanner. Yeah, dude. Here's another. I told y'all, man, y'all sleeping on South Carolina, dude. Is that two or three? It's two, three. No, that you got Wake Forest. Yeah, you got. Yeah. No, no, he's only gotten two so far. Oh, I thought that was three. He got. Yeah, he's only gotten Wake Forest and South Carolina so far. Next up, he missed this one. Alabama at Kentucky. Tanner took Alabama. Brandon and Ben took Kentucky. We'll have some more to say about that one too. Holy cow! No, we won't. Next, Auburn at Georgia. Tanner took Georgia. Brandon and Ben took Auburn. Auburn won. Man, Tanner, you had a you had a rough week, bro. Had a rough one. I was feeling the upsets. And the- Don't worry, I, I missed this one. T- Texas at Kansas. Tanner and Ben took Kansas. Brandon took Texas. And that one, that one was a pretty big blowout too. I missed that for bad. All right, so Ben, I'm assuming you've got the lead. What's the records for everybody? Six for me, five for oh, you. No, do, do the overall wreck. What's the miss wins and losses here? Six and two. For you? 
Yeah. Okay. Which means you're five and three, and Tanner is three and five. Dang, bro. I'm coming back, bro. Dang, Bye. dude. So when I was thinking about going forward for the rest of the college basketball season, we'll just take all three of us. We'll pick three games to nominate for us to pick, and then we'll just we'll just do it that way. Oh. So, and the only requirements for you to do it, make it either a ranked team involved, or if both teams are unranked, just have some other sort of reason why you find that game fascinating. Okay, basically. West Virginia. But we'll, we'll do that. We'll do that on Wednesdays. Okay, so let's talk about some of the games that happened on Saturday. I'm going to only look at top 25 stuff. Houston at Baylor, like we were talking, did either one of you see this other than me? I was working. So Baylor comes back at the end of this game, gets fouled with like two seconds to go. Okay, they're down by one. Guy makes the first free throw. He misses the second free throw. And then Houston... Gives an outlet past their point guard. He takes like one dribble past half court and takes like a, a sprinting forward jump shot at the buzzer, drains it. And then we go when they go back and look at the replay, it was still on his fingertip whenever the buzzer went off. So they had to wave it off and they go to overtime. And then Houston wins pretty easily in overtime. By the way, I personally think Houston is the best team in the country. Like I just I think they're the best team. That team just is really, really scary all the way around. They're really, really good. Vanderbilt at Florida. Florida won 77 to 64. So not quite as bad as I thought, but that's still pretty bad. Iowa State easily beat, actually, not really easily beat West Virginia. West Virginia is terrible, but Iowa State only won 71 to 64. Kansas State beat BYU. That wasn't really anything interesting. Okay. Let's get to, actually, we're going to say, we're going to save the, we're going to save the court storming one till the end here because we're going to be talking about that one for a little bit, I think. Your South Carolina Gamecocks, Tanner, looked really good again against Ole Miss. They won by 72-59. I mean, maybe they're actually good. I don't know. I don't know. We're gonna wipe that smile off your face, though. I've been on the band. I've been trying to say I've been on the bandwagon, bro, for how long? Yeah. Like a month now. I'm picking them to lose first round in the NCAA tournament. I'm a mark it down, bro. I don't care. I don't even care. That's gonna be your Florida Atlantic, bro. They're making it to the Final Four, and I'm never gonna let you live it down. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, that would be tough for me to live down. I'm not going to lie. I do have a question really quick. Okay. I can't remember this. Did they have March Madness oh, in 2012? I don't remember, Brandon. In 2012? Yeah, no, 2020. Yes, they did have it. <laughs> in 2020, did they have March Madness when COVID happened? They, they did not have March Madness in 2020. But thankfully, we were not recording a podcast that year. <laughs> <laughs> because that would be really embarrassing. I'm not glad <laughs> <laughs> Why would you talk about for the month of March? Like, I mean, no way. The sports world didn't have anything to talk about for four months that year, Ben, until the football season rolled back around. That was terrible. That was a bad time to be a sports fan. Terrible. All right. Tanner has, has prolonged the inevitable discussion about this next game. Play golf. That's all He's still trying to prolong the inevitable discussion of this next game. Alabama, number 13, Alabama at number 17, Kentucky. Now, this is stupid. You're going to hear the score. And you're going to be like, man, that was a blowout. But then your mindset about how much of a blowout it was is not even going to be accurate. It's, it's It was so much worse than what this score indicates. The final score, and and by the way, this same the the high score of an NBA game this past that hit it. Game, just get to it, Brandon. Listen to this. 
the I don't remember who it was, but the highest scoring team in the NBA Saturday night scored 116 points. 116. Just get to it, Brandon. Kentucky got 117 points. Alabama got 95. The highest paced college basketball game I have ever seen. Ever. That was ridiculous. Alabama shot 57% from the field and still lost by 22 points. That's insane, dude. That's crazy, crazy numbers. Wild, wild stuff. At one point, Kentucky, listen to this. Kentucky had 92 points, Ben, with 11 minutes to go in the game. They had 92 with 11 minutes to go. That's just insane. That's crazy, dude. Most teams don't even score 92 yeah. in the game. Then 92 with 11 minutes to go. At one point, Alabama was shooting 58% and was down 32 points. At the, they were, while they were shooting 57%, they were down 32. That's crazy. Like, I don't think we're ever going to see a college basketball game with them. We all, by the way, our last episode, we told everybody this was going to be a high-scoring, crazy basketball game, but I think we undersold it big time. I mean, this, this, oh, was, yeah. this was crazy stuff, dude. Some, and and I, you pointed it out when you were texting us in the group chat, Tanner. Yeah. That Kentucky was making everything. That's true. I mean, Kentucky was making some wild plays. Did you see at the... I don't very, want to hear anything else, by the way, about everybody else hitting. Well, Alabama, Alabama also hit all their shots as well. But did you see at the end of the first half, if you if you were talking about Kentucky making everything, if this had gone down, it would have been one hundred percent true. Did you see the very last play of the first half, whenever Kentucky got a dunk or whatever with like two seconds left, and now Lehman tried to inbound it quickly, and Reed Shepard kind of tipped it toward out of bounds in the corner, and he jumped out of bounds at the three point line and threw it over his shoulder at the buzzer, and the ball hit the top of the rim and then rolled out. Did you see that play? I did. Dude, if that had gone down, that would have been the craziest shot like ever recorded on television. That was that would that would have been that crazy. was just like that was the perfect example of just how this game went for Alabama. <laughs> Literally, that kind of insane shot actually had a chance of going in. <laughs> like that was the game for and it's not like Alabama played bad. Like it's not. Like, even defensively, they weren't playing terrible. But just Kentucky hit everything. Yeah. I, I uh, just don't. Justin Edwards for Kentucky. I needed Bradshaw playing new in the game. Aaron Bradshaw didn't play very much. That's See, why they scored. That's <laughs> what I needed. <laughs> that's what, he, he got like two minutes. I needed the Bradshaw show in this game, okay? But Justin Edwards for Kentucky. He's a big five-star guy, five-star freshman that's been struggling all year. Hasn't played well all year long. He went 10 for 10 in this game. 10 for 10. He didn't miss a shot. And included in those 10 for 10, usually when you see somebody have stats like that, it's usually a post player that's like dunking a lot and just layups and dunks. With those 10 for 10, Ben, four three-pointers. There were four of them. And another really long two-point jump shot. Like He was shooting long shots, and he went 10 for 10. That's crazy stuff, dude. Crazy, crazy stuff. I mean, dude, that's the most fun I've had watching a Kentucky game in a very, very long time. I'm sure it was. I mean, I was I was finishing up at work whenever the first half was on. I was finishing up at work, so I had to watch the first half on my phone. And I was trying to get stuff done in the office. And I couldn't get anything done because I couldn't take my eyes away from the screen. 
There was just so many things happening every five seconds. And my boss was trying to say stuff to me and like ask me questions. And like I wasn't answering. And she's like, Brandon, you're going to have to take your eyes out of that phone for a second. And I'm like, I can't. I was like, I'm just smiles off this phone right now. Like, this is insane. What is going on? So what we're learning. And that was during the time that Kentucky wasn't even winning big. It was like 32 to 31. Like, it was just both teams making everything. I was like, I can't take my eyes off this right now. This is crazy. It was wild, wild to watch. And then did you guys see the post about, like, the scoreboard comparison between Kentucky and Alabama? compared to the scoreboard comparison with North Carolina and Virginia. Yeah, no, I didn't see that. So like there so was a post with both scoreboards side by side that said these were both from the same sport in the same day. <laughs> and it was Kentucky, Alabama, 117 to 95, and North Carolina beating Virginia 54 to 45. So North Carolina and the Virginia North Carolina and Virginia combined for 99 points. They combined for 99. Alabama scored 95. Combined and, for 200. And lost by 22. That's crazy stuff, dude. Like, what a crazy, crazy game. Like, that's I can't. Like, I know I'm sounding upset about it. But, like, I can't really even be upset about it. Because, like, it's not like Alabama blew the game. <clears throat> Like, there wasn't one singular play I can go back to have been like, this could have been the difference maker in the game. That's like, that's just probably the best I've seen a college basketball team shoot. And I, that may be the best I've ever seen a college basketball team shoot, legitimately. Like, they just did not miss anything. I, I, I would be willing to bet, like, UMBC against Virginia in the NCAA tournament, they may have shot better than Kentucky did on that day, maybe. I don't know. I mean, that's why Kentucky, not Kentucky, college basketball is just so fun to watch in yeah. general. Just because, like, one team gets hot, it really doesn't matter what the other team does. If the other team is just hot, it's just, sorry, you ran into them on a bad day for you. Good day for them. Yeah. Like, I, I will say this about Kentucky. You, you were talking about good day, bad day kind of thing. Every team this year, and this is just goes true for Kentucky most years, but especially this year. Every team that has tried to play Kentucky in that style, where up and down, fast paced game, can, that's when Kentucky has looked amazing this yeah. year. You do not want to play Kentucky like that. And unfortunately for Alabama, Alabama doesn't know how to play any other way. Like that's the only, that's the only way they know how to play. So like they didn't really have a choice. But other teams that do have a choice, those are the teams that have a good chance against Kentucky. Because if you can slow it down and play very physical, like the the really tall seven footer, Bradshaw. When you slow the really tall seven footer that played really well against you guys, yeah. Big Z, Vladimir Vicic, mm-hmm. or Zlatimir Vicic. He he played out of his mind in that game, right? Against you guys. Yeah. He he can't play like that against really big physical teams because if somebody if he plays against a really big man that just gets really muscly and, and physical with him, he can't handle it. But if he plays against a team like Alabama, who just wants to run up and down the court. He can play ball, bro. Did you see the behind-the-back bounce pass got to the our dude that didn't finish the dunk? Yeah. That was a great pass. Anyway, so before, that's just an example of Kentucky. Like, If you play really physical, we can't play that guy. He has to sit on the bench. We've got other guys that can do okay, but we can't play like a super flashy big man like that because he's just not strong enough. By the way, did you notice watching him? Zlatimir Vesic, and, and I think Ben will probably agree with me here. He looks like a child. Like every time he makes a big play, 
He's just like smiling and like just skipping down the court and like looking to Coach Calipari for support and like for for like just it's like did you see what I just did? Did you just see what I just did? Oh my god! I he, made a play. He, made a, he looks like a seven year old out there like celebrating a play he just made. Literally his first game back, dude went off in the minutes that he got. Yeah. But he was famous for the stupid water bottle thing of like letting his intrusive thought win where he sprayed himself in the face. <laughs> what Ben's talking about is mid time out while they're all like huddled. He's got a water, a gator, like one of those green Gatorade water bottles that you can squirt out. He's holding it with both his hands and he's literally just staring at the little nozzle on top and he squeezes it and then just sprays water straight into his eyeball. <laughs> It's the, that's the most like middle school thing I've and ever yes. seen. And then he just looks around the same video. <laughs> this is right in the middle of the game that he has become a superstar all of a sudden. <laughs> and even in this game, he had a three pointer in this game against Alabama. And he's like just skipping down the court, like just like hops, like he literally hop step like this down the court, like a little, like a little <laughs> bitty kid. And also he got fouled on an and one alley oop in this game. And he didn't even, he was celebrating down the court. He didn't even know he got fouled. Like, he was so happy and celebrating. He didn't even know there was a foul call. Like, he's so funny to watch. You just sit there, watch him for a whole game. You're going to laugh like 10 times. I promise you. He also did a chin up on a dunk in this game that he should have got called for a technical for, which he's already got called technical for multiple times this year because he just, he just doesn't know. He just doesn't know any better. He's just, <laughs> he's just having a blast. You're literally talking like he's like a five year old. Yeah, I mean, he just doesn't know any better. That's how he plays it. He literally is just slaying and having the absolute best time of his life. That's literally what he looked like. That's what I love for basketball. It is super fun to watch. It's fantastic, man. If, if you haven't gotten to see him play, man, tune into a Kentucky game whenever he... Because a lot of Kentucky, Kentucky games he doesn't get to play. Because if the other team's really physical, we just can't play him. But against teams like Alabama, we can. And it's a lot of fun. Okay. So that well, we pretty much covered all the Saturday games. I want to cover a Sunday game for one reason. Okay. Um, whoa. We skipped the biggest Saturday game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm going to save that for the end. Hold on. I got. want to talk about a college basketball game that happened on Sunday first. You could. <laughs> okay, so number 15, Creighton, who earlier that week had destroyed number one UConn, just obliterated them. Okay, they're going, they had to go to St. John's. St. John's has been struggling all year. Do either of you all know who coaches St. John's? No. Rick probably Rick Patino. Okay, that's right. Okay, so Rick Patino is the coach of St. John's now, and you all, everybody knows who Rick Patino oh, is. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So Rick Patino early, they have been St. John's has been struggling earlier this week after they lost to I don't remember who they lost to. They lost to somebody in the press conference. He proceeded to trash his entire team. He was calling people by name. He said he's like our. He was saying our team is slow, slow laterally. But he wasn't just saying like our team. He's like so and so is slow laterally. So and so isn't physical. So and so is weak. So and so can't handle the pressure. So like he was literally naming players by name, and he was like just basically trash talking every one of them. And he was, and he also said this has been the most unpleasurable experience of my entire life. Is what he's. Uh, that's what he's been, and he just trashed his whole team like that. Okay, that's what he did earlier this week, and then the very next day. So they asked him about it again, and he said, I don't regret anything I said, and I don't think anything I said was wrong. So he literally just backed it up the next day. So (laughs) Sunday at St. John's, they play in Madison Square Garden. That's where St. John's plays their home games. They they had a whiteout. 
they were going to do a wideout for playing against Creighton, who was number 15. So they did a wideout. Rick Pitino's wife said that he should bring back the all-white suit. Because whenever he was the coach at Kentucky and the coach at Louisville, he would wear an all-white suit to a really big game sometimes. And it worked out for him really well. Anyway, but he said, I don't have an all-white suit right now. He's like, I don't have one tailored. And she was like, well, get one tailored. He's like, he's like, the game's in two days. He's like, I don't know if I can, I don't think I can do that. So he called up a tailor and the tailor, they tried to do it. And then he called him up the day of the game. And he's like, hey, I need to be in the arena in three hours. Can you have it done for me? And the tailor's like, no. And, and Rick Patino said, he said, I had to sweeten the pot. I had to sweeten the pot a little bit for the tailor, but look, we got it done. So how did they get it done that fast? So I want to ask, I want to ask you guys, what do you think sweetening the pot meant? How much money are we talking about for uh, this tailor? Are we, are we talking about a thousand dollars? I was going to say one K. One, I, I think it's got to be more. You think it's, it's more got, than a it's thousand? It's got to be. It has to be more because you got to think, okay, you got to think for a take. I, I got a custom suit done. Well, yeah, okay. I got a custom suit done that needed alterations. Okay, you're not Rick Patino. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. But I'm going somewhere with this. <laughs> okay. I got a custom suit done, my measurements, everything like that. Okay. It took me like three to four weeks to get this done. Okay. Right. Not three hours, bro. Like, do you understand? I'm sure his like, I'm sure his tailor is the kind of tailor that only has like a couple of clientele to deal with at a time. But still, uh, no, bro. There's no, ah, uh, no. There's no way. There, there is no a a high price, a a big tailor like that that would handle a Rick Patino or somebody that high. They don't just have one or two clients. Well, I'm talking about at one time though. I'm talking about like that you're having to actually alter a suit for them at that time. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. Anyway, regardless, but, uh, he got somehow he got the suit. The tailor got him the suit, and he got that is fascinating time. to me, bro. So he, so he wore an all white suit to the game. St. John's proceeds to beat Creighton eighty to sixty six. Just blows them out of the water. Even though Creighton had just destroyed number one UConn, and St. John's had been struggling, and Rick Pitino trashed his own team all week, and he shows up in a white suit, everything's okay. <laughs> I'm getting a white suit for Rick. It's just, I mean, it's, Rick Patino. I want to see the after game press conference. Yeah. <laughs> be good to see. Here's my thing is like, everyone wants to act like, like anyone from 19 to like 25, I'm going to say that's kind of the age range that's going to be playing college basketball right now. Everyone acts like that age group is like so soft and they can't handle this and blah, blah, blah. And, for the most part, that is true. But the thing is, is whenever you start just trashing them and saying they can't do something, we're all stubborn. Everyone in that age group is so stubborn that they're just going to, they're going to try their hardest to prove you wrong. Whether you're 100% right or not, they're going to try their hardest to prove you wrong. I would say that's especially true for the people that have been playing sports their whole life. Yes. Yeah. So I can see that. I, Maybe it was a coaching tactic to be like, my team just sucks. I mean, honestly, this guy's slow. This guy can't dribble. I mean, <laughs> that there could be some coaching strategy behind that. I'm yeah. just it, I, a bunch of people have a bunch of different opinions on Rick Patino, but one thing is for sure, he is great for college basketball. He's he's fan. a great coach, and he's a great coach. He yeah. he knows basketball, dude. He's a he great, is so man. good at basketball. Like it's crazy how good he is. All right, let's get to the game that everybody has been talking about for the past couple of days. Duke at West Virginia, not West Virginia. No, West Virginia would not have West won that Virginia. game. Duke, number eight Duke at Wake Forest. 
Wake Forest wins 83-79. Okay? So, let me walk you through the end of this game real quick. So, Wake Forest is winning the game near the end of this game. Duke tries to make a little bit of a comeback. And they, their last five possessions, they had four turnovers. Duke kind of just choked the game away. Wake, Duke misses one last shot at the end. They're down by four. Wake Forest has it up for the last first five seconds on the clock or whatever, and they're dribbling the clock out. Okay. And then, of course, the the court gets stormed. Okay. So we'll, we're going to give opinions about court storming in a, in a little bit. And this particular court storming in a little bit too, but I'm just giving facts right now. They 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 storm the court, and not only do they storm the court, they actually start storming the court when the, when there's still like one second on the clock. They didn't even wait till it was zeros. They start storming early. Okay, so I didn't I, need, I do need to add that little piece of information out there. Okay, so all that is true. They start storming the court. All of the Duke players, their whole Duke team, like nobody is on the court anymore except for one dude, Kyle Filipowski. And he looks like he has no interest in getting off the court. I, I don't know what he's doing. I don't know why he's still out there. But he clearly is not in, he's not intent on trying to get off the court early. Even though there's four seconds, they're down by four and Wake Forest is clearly dribbling the clock out. By the way, not only are they doing that and Filipowski's not trying to get off the court, he's not anywhere even close to where the play was. He's not close to where the ball is. He's not close to where all the rest of the players were. He's like standing by himself on the other side of the court for some reason. I don't know what he's doing over there. It's super weird. Anyway, so fans start storming the court. He sees this, and he still doesn't try to hurry and get out of the way. He continues. He looks like he even slows his pace down even more. And then there's obviously students sprinting at him. and. You could say he goes into a defensive position if you want. You can say that he initiated contact if you want. Whatever. He raises his arms up. And it, it, if you wanted to argue with me and say it's a defensive position, fine. I, I'm not going to argue with you on that. But he does somewhat initiate the contact, and he's not trying to avoid it. He's not trying to get out of the way. He's not trying to do anything. They bump knees or something. It looked like he could have gotten injured. He wasn't injured at all, even though he tried to act like he really was injured because he wanted to play up the whole situation, of course. Anyway, but today it came out that he's not really injured at all. Okay, so he's fine. So we don't got to worry about that. Okay, so now that we got all the facts out of the way, Tanner, give me your just general opinions. Don't give me, don't give me your general opinions on overall court storming. Give me your opinions about this one first. What do you think about this one? I think everybody's ripping Kyle when... This, I mean, I don't, on it, I don't find him at fault on this whatsoever. I'm sorry, I just don't. Because even the things that you just said, okay, there was like four seconds, there was four seconds on the clock. He's on the other side of the court. Now you can debate what he's doing on the other side of the court. Okay, whatever. Okay. But by what you even said, they start storming the clock with one second. Yeah. So you have a three second buffer right there. You can you can be running expecting like to, I mean, you it, okay do something okay for one and here's here's my thing okay the the court storming in this situation is look it, it's ridiculous like, yes I agree with the, that the, the, the Wake Forest should not have stormed the court for this one hundred percent and that's something that I'm gonna get into in a second okay but. What like what are you expecting Kyle to do at a dead? Sp as soon as he sees 
hundreds okay. of people. And and the thing is, the direction that he got hit, if you go back and you watch, his back is turned to them. No, no left, his back, left shoulder. But still, he, he's, he can't. Peripheral vision. He oh, my God, he Brandon. Knows. He knows. It, oh, so, my God. So I do want to have a response to one thing you just asked. Like, what do you expect him to do? So I put this fault more on John Shire than I do on Kyle Filipowski. Okay. Let's go into the mile. Let me go into the mile of Kyle Filipowski real quick. Okay. He just lost a really big conference game, big rivalry game. The other team is not used to beating you. You know, they're going to throw a party because for beating you, you're Duke. Okay. You know, they're going to do that. So you're upset. You lost the game. You see all the courts, you all the fans about to storm the court. And you're like, Hey, I wasn't really planning on this, but right now I'm in a position to possibly take the attention off of our loss and put it onto something else. So I have that opportunity, so I might as well take it. Now, if that's his goal, he achieved that goal. It worked. People have talked more about court stormings than they did about Duke losing this game. Okay. So it, so that works. But I put most of this fault on John Shire, who's the Duke coach. When you're a coach in that situation, you have got to get your players off the court. Okay. Why? Not only is he not off the court, He's nowhere close to his own bench. He's nowhere close. Why is he like? Why is he so far away? You're that's a failure as a head coach. You, guess what? I'm a Kentucky fan. Who gets court stormed more than anybody in the entire country? Kentucky. We get court, court stormed more than anybody. Okay, even when we're not good. Similar. Duke's the same way. Okay. You know who who you, who never gets ran over and gets trampled in court stormings? Kentucky players. You want to know why? John Calipari pulls them off the court before that clock ever gets to zero, before it ever gets there. Whenever that other team's dribbling the clock out, they're already on the bench. They're already off the court. There's no reason for you to be out there anymore. The game is over. They're dribbling out the clock, and you know they're chomping at the bit to storm the court. Why are you on the court? You are asking to get hurt. You're literally asking for a scene. That's what Kyle Filipowski was doing. He was asking for a scene, and John Shire did not prevent it. Do I think certain Kentucky players would also ask for a scene in that situation? Yeah, I think they would because they're college idiots, okay? They're 18, 19-year-old kids, all right? The coach has got to be mature enough and smart enough to realize that he's got to protect his players from themselves in that situation, okay? Now, John Shire, he's only a second-year head coach, okay? So he's not quite used to this yet. He's probably not experienced enough to be as intent with that as John Calipari is. Okay. John Calipari has been doing this for a long time. He's used to getting core stormed. Okay. So he knows to do that. Josh Iyer probably wasn't quite used to that yet. Okay. So I'm going to give him a little bit of a pass there, but here's the thing. So ben, ben, before we get into core storm, but, but before I go to Ben, I, I do want to completely agree with Tanner on this. There is absolutely no reason for Wake Forest to be storming the court right here. What and that's a, and that's another Wake Forest was favored in the game by three points. You're a three point favorite. Why are you storming? And that's a, and that's another reason. That's another reason that I take. That's another reason that I I personally take some of the blame off of Kyle and the head coach in this situation. Okay. Because if if I if I am a player, okay, if if I am a player and I am in a situation where you know all of these players know that Wake Forest is favored, you know, okay. Oh yeah, they know. 
are you really expecting a team that is favored to storm the court if well, they beat you? When you're when you're like, when you're I, Duke but, when you're Duke or Kentucky, you every okay, time you lose but, on the but road, even you but even in that case, like I'm not if. <sighs> But, but you're right. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous to storm yeah. the court. So that's yeah. why I'm not trashing. But I'm not trashing Kyle in this situation because I just literally he's turning. He's already got people in his face when he's turning and he's walking to the bit. Now, you can make the argument. Yeah, he shouldn't be over there. You can make it that he wants well, to be quicker. You can make it. You can make all of those arguments that he needs to. OK, you can make all of those arguments. OK, yeah, but. I just, he, there, there's no, in that situation, with the situation that he was in at that moment, okay, taking out all the shoulda, coulda, wouldas, there was nowhere for him to go because he already had hundreds and thousands of people yeah, running at him. That's true. There's nowhere for him okay, to go. Okay, so let's say you're right, and he was completely blindsided by the people behind him, okay? And I'm not, and I, really quick, I'm going to take a completely different approach to this than you. I am not willing to say that somebody is going to do something like that, that they're going to put themselves in a situation like that. Oh, 100% he did. I, I'm not, no, 100%. I'm not going there. You, I am look, not going to think he, that Kyle put himself and done that intentionally. I am not. So let me, I am not. I, let me, I do want to talk. Okay. So you, you're basically saying that nobody would put themselves in that kind of danger on purpose. Is what you're saying? Maybe somebody would, but maybe he, somebody would. But I do not believe. Here's it's why I disagree with that: is I think for somebody as big as Kyle Filipowski, he is in no danger. Yeah. Like there's literally nothing that those that horde can do that can hurt him. I mean, okay, what? unless unless they all literally charged him and tried to attack him, he's not going to get hurt. Is okay? a five four. <laughs> A hundred and twenty pound girl gonna run into him and break his okay. arm. Okay, I get it. I, I get. Uh, that's not what I'm saying. Okay, that that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying there's hundreds upon thousand. There's hundreds of people on you within a matter of seconds. Yeah, like cool. there's and and we're not talking running at you. We're talking full speed running directly at you. Yeah. Like. But you're vulnerable in that situation. Yes, and what you just said, running directly at you, is perfect. Where are they running directly to? Center court in the middle of the court. Why is he there? Why is he in the middle of the court? What is he doing there? Like that. That's what I'm saying, dude. And uh, let's say you're right. He got completely blindsided by the people behind him. They're storming the court from 360 degrees. They're storming it from everywhere. Why? If he can see the people running from over here, why is he not trying to get off the? He. You can't say he's trying to get off the court. You're no way. He's supposed to go get to his bench. Get there's the rest of his team was nowhere close. You said there's people running in that direction. Too. How did he's how did the rest of his team get off in time? Like how did they get off? In time? And they can't jump over the people in the middle, right? Like there. okay, so like look, there's like, nothing in that in that okay in that situation. It's my argument to that. You're talking about the bench. The one area that they're not storming from is from the bench. That's the one area that they're not actually coming for. Hey, but coaches and security in that situation to get them off the court. One hundred percent, there is. Yes. So why is he not near the benches? That, that, that's, that, that's where he's safe. At. That's what I'm saying. Like I don't. That, it's because he was seeking it out, man. I'm, I'm not willing to say that. I'm, I'm ben, Okay, so Ben, I'm, 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 I'm gonna let you talk for a second. All right. So. 
I have a completely different view than both of you on court stormings in general, especially when it comes to well, basketball. Save the in general yeah. thing for after. So let's talk about this one. Specifically in this situation, as a basketball player, there's no reason for you to be on the opposite side of the court whenever the game like what are you there's no reason to be on the opposite side of the court. I don't care what you're doing. There's just zero reason. And then my biggest part wasn't even like Oh, he got hit or whatever, and he might have got hurt. Like, I don't even care about him not getting off the court. That's a decision that he decided to make. My thing is what he did with it afterwards. Did you all hear his response afterwards? Yeah, he tried to make it sound like it was personal or something. No, he was like, I don't understand. They intentionally sought me out and tried to run me over. There's no reason they can't go around me. You are a big moron, dude. (laughs) If you think people are going to go around you storming a court... Just in the video, the 10-second clip of the video that I saw, five of their own fans fell down. Five of their own fans fell down just in the 10-second clip of him getting hit and getting walked off the court. So, like, if you want to say court stormings are dangerous, that's one thing. Because that many people running in a stampede, that's dangerous. That's literally a stampede. If you fall down and you get trampled, that's going to hurt really bad. But... First of all, he didn't even fall down either. Like, he, I never bought for a second that he was hurt. He was trying to make it look like he rolled his ankle or like hit his knee or something. Like, they were first saying that they were going to, that they were going to run, do like an MRI because they thought he tore his ACL or something. Only way you're getting actually hurt in a stampede like that is actually getting trampled. Like, yeah, running that, in, that's the most dangerous yeah, thing. Running into someone isn't going to hurt that bad unless you fall down and you actually are getting trampled by a bunch of people. Like, that's the only way you're actually going to get seriously hurt in that situation. Yeah. Now, if you want to say that's dangerous and that's a reason there shouldn't be court stormings, that's fine. But now moving into the just court stormings in general, I I love court stormings. I think they're awesome. I think it's a great way for fans to show their support and feel like they get to be a part of the game. Now, are they part of the game? I well, Before you get to the, in general, before you go any further, yeah. do you agree with me and Tanner that there's no reason for Wake Forest to be storming the court in this particular game? In a game that you're favored in, like I, I get it, but they also did just beat Duke, and it's a not only is it a conference game, Wake Forest considers Duke a rival, too. I don't well, really think Duke would consider Wake that's Forest That's true. Rival, Wake but. Forest also needed this. They were on the wrong side of the bubble before this game. Yeah. Now they're on the correct side so, of the bubble. But this, but still, if you're favored in a game, I just think that that makes you ineligible to start for to be honest with you. But it's different in basketball than it is in football, too. Like, football, there's a lot less reasons to storm the field. In basketball, you're right there. You feel like you yelling is making an impact on the game. Like, you feel like you are in the game whenever you're playing basketball. Like, whenever you're watching football, you can get into it, but you don't feel like you're, like, actually playing the game, at least for me. But if I'm watching a basketball game and I'm fairly close to the court at all, like, I feel like I'm in the basketball game. Like, I feel like I'm either coaching or refing or doing something. But I feel like I'm a part of the game. Okay. And so, like, especially with a team that you are highly supportive of, of like, that's been your team forever. So, like, you got to think all of these kids are in college supporting this team. Like, that's the team. That's where they chose to go to college. And they care somewhat about basketball. So, they're going to be a fan of that team. The next day, they're all the hype around campus is, 
dude, I went to the game. We stormed the court. We beat Duke. Oh my gosh, that was yeah. insane. Like it's a party. It, yeah. So it it literally is a party. Like they, it's not even about necessarily like storming the court because oh we were underdogs and this and that and that. It, they won an awesome game and now they have something to talk about forever. So, and that's something they're going to talk about with their grandkids 20, 30, 40 years from now. So, okay, Tanner, give us your input on the, uh, or just core stormings in general. Do you think, do you think they're okay? Do you think that there are certain changes that need to be made? Do you think it should be banned altogether? What, what is your, what are your thoughts? I don't, I don't necessarily think it should be banned altogether. Okay. okay. I just you two things have got to happen. Okay, one, the 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 fine that should come on that in this situation. Here's the thing: is okay? zero dollars. The only thing, <laughs> no, the only thing, the the fine, in my opinion, for this one should be that they storm the court before the clock hits. That's zero. fair. That's fair. That's where the fine should be. Okay. Okay. If you want to say they should they should be fine for storming the court, okay. But the fine should be for this one because they stormed the court before the clock hit zero. Okay, that's one thousand percent. And you need to make it a fine big enough where people take a step back, where fan bases take a step back. Well, okay, a fan base is not going to care, and fan base is not okay. But you need to make it a big enough fine to where people start and people that work for these teams start to take notice to make sure this doesn't happen again. Okay. There's got to be something done. Okay. The same thing that my dad told me when I was a kid. Okay. The fear of the punishment has to outweigh the joy of the crime. And that's what teams, it needs to be a fine big enough. It's going to have to be a big 100%. Okay. So the only way they could do that is to threaten to expel every kid that storms the court. That's the only way. If that's what needs to happen, that's what needs to happen. You you just can't. If that's what needs to happen, that's what needs to happen. So let me give you There's no point in watching college basketball anymore. I'm not saying, no, I'm not saying all court stormings. I'm saying in a situation like, you need to make sure what if you're going to storm the court. In my opinion, you have to give the players time to get off the court. That's that has to be a must. The player safety in this case has to come first. One hundred percent, it has to come. So you're first, saying okay? a buzzer beater at the end of the game? There's all the fans are just supposed to jump up and down and just give them, wait for the and give time. them time to get that's off. The court. Never happened. give them time to get off. The, in a I, situation like this Wake Forest one, I think that's very possible. Yeah. Like you're saying, so babe. But let's go back to that LSU Kentucky game that they won on a crazy ricochet buzzer yeah. beater. There's no yeah. way you could hold those fans back in that moment. Hypothetically, what you're saying sounds good. And it sounds like it should be able to work. I'm talking like realistically, that is never going to work. There is nothing you can threaten other than expelling every student that so, runs onto the court. Like that's the only thing you could possibly threaten. And if that happens, I, I get it. Ruin okay. I get, I get it. But player safety has got to come first. Yes, I, I agree. Player safety has so got to come first. They I don't have, care. Look, they need to hold their own safety accountable too. Okay, then, then what do you? Okay, then in the, so, in the LSU Kentucky situation, what do you expect them to do in that? Situation? So no one got hurt. 
Look, look, that's what I'm saying. But, but, Kentucky okay. lost on a buzzer beater, which means that none of their players had time to get off before it happened. But somehow they're still all miraculously fine and got out of the way before they got there because they weren't in, they weren't seeking out contact. They wanted to get the heck out of there. Okay, that's what they wanted to do. But let me go back to what you were just and saying. Really about- quick, hang on, and let me. I, I, I want to. I want to say one one okay. thing really quick. Okay, I, I get what you're saying. Okay, but. I completely disagree with you guys on the fact of certain people are not going to hunt down certain players, okay? We see it, I mean, we see it, which it's it's different in football versus basketball, yeah. but there was literally a video that yeah. got released of a Notre Dame fan vlogging himself, that's running, true. trying to find Caleb Williams, yeah. trying yeah. to start an altercation. Now, that's one thing, but football, Caleb Williams has a long way to go to get and, and I get it, okay? But even if, if you have if a certain... Powski wanted to get out of there, he would have been almost in the tunnel by the time the another fans were stormed the court. They oh, stormed the court. Oh, I disagree with you on that. He could have went the to the court. tunnel with three seconds to go on the clock. You, you can say, like, if it looked like there was one fan that, like, ran out of bounds to go hit him before he ran to the middle of the court, I would be like, okay, yeah, that guy was trying to seek him out. He was standing in the middle of the court, and it was the whole swarm. It wasn't like a group swerved out of the way to hit. Tanner was talking about hypotheticals. Hypotheticals. Okay, so I understand so, what you're saying. Like that, I'm saying, I'm sorry, you're never. Yeah, there are. You're, you're going to have fans, and even in that situation, Brenda. Yeah. I would not have put it past somebody to literally see Kyle standing right there and somebody running in his direction to talk trash or say something to him. Yeah, 100%. That's feasible. Okay? That's feasible. So what I'm saying, though, is even if what you're saying is true, people are see- seeking him out, either vlogging and want to talk trash or if they actually want to go push him or something physical, regardless what any fans want to do in that situation, Kyle Filipowski has the ability to avoid all of it if he wanted to. He could have been out of there already. He he literally could have avoided every single one of those fans. He could have avoided all of them. The rest of his team did. The rest of the, the rest of his team avoided all of them because they were they got to their bench as fast as possible. I was the safest place for them to be was at their bench, and that's where they were all at. So I I do want to say this with what you were talking about as far as giving the players time to get off the court first. Okay. I do think there are certain situations similar to this game, the Wake Forest game, that you actually could plan out a way to make that happen. I've seen some people talking today where they were bringing up the possibility of after the game was over, everybody in the stands knowing that, hey, we're going to reset the shot clock. When As soon as that clock hits zero, we reset the shot clock. And when that shot clock goes to zero, then we storm the court. So it gives the team 30 seconds to get off the court, which is plenty of time. I heard other people saying we need to get at least one minute. I feel, like, I feel like that's a bit much, but okay, whatever. It was 20 seconds. So I'll say even 20 seconds. Just, let's just say they reset the shot clock because that's one of the easiest things you could possibly do. And just let the shot clock count down. And then and then that's when everybody storms the court. That sounds great. And I think if you're up by four points and you're dribbling out the clock, you can do that. But in the case of LSU Kentucky earlier in the week, you cannot do that. They won on a crazy ricochet buzzer beater. Everybody, They didn't even know they were going to win the game. And then all of a sudden, 
We, d- we just went on a bus of everybody instantly just jumps out of their seats and goes nuts. There's no way you can plan for that one. Yeah. You can't prevent the, the Wake Forest one. I agree. You could prevent and give time. You could give like a 30 second buffer. The LSU one, you could, there's nothing you could possibly do to prevent that one. There's nothing you can do. That in my, that in my opinion, and I know you guys are not going to agree with this. Okay. If you cannot ensure player safety, you have to ban core story. But, but okay, so if, if you if cannot you ensure, do. and that that's what I'm saying. Look, and and that's why I'm saying I like core stormings. Okay, yeah. I'm not saying I don't like core stormings. That's not what I'm saying. Okay, I realize that everybody got off the court. Like, I, I okay, I realize that even in the LSU Kentucky situation, I get it. Okay, what? but you're tempting fate. Okay. I'm yeah, sorry. You're, mean, te- you're tempting nothing, nothing fate. Nothing you just said is wrong. Okay. It's wrong. If you can't, if you cannot ensure player safety, that's got to come first. Yeah. I mean, how you many have to make sure they can get off the court? How if many you cannot ensure that you, you've got to bank. That's how many court stormings have happened in the history of NCAA. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, how many players have been injured in the that's amount of court stormings in NBA? Not, that, okay, not, NCAA. No, that's injury. not what I'm saying. That's exactly what you're saying. You're saying can't player. Can't say saying you're tempting fate. He's like he, he's saying that just it's it's going to happen eventually. Or you just use a slight brain cell and get the heck off the court. Ben, I I like I agree with you, Ben, but. Tanner is his reasoning is reasonable. Okay? No, it's not because if he got hurt, that's a hundred percent on him. Yeah, that's it's look, not. I agree with you too. It's not like for. But here, here's what I'm, I agree with you too. What, what I'm saying is, wait, hang on. Let me respond to that. Hang okay. on. If okay. you get hurt doing okay. something stupid, that's your fault. Okay, so I have a question. In the Kentucky LSU situation, right there. Yeah. Okay, on a last second shot, everybody storms the court from all directions. You can't get off the court. Somebody runs into you, trips you, hits you, concussion, torn ACL. What What are you saying right there? Because they were trying to get off the court. You just have hundreds of people running towards you. You get knocked down. That's somebody tough. concussion, torn. So that sucks. That That's all you're going to say. It's unfortunate. I mean, you Come can't on, get out of the way. So, so Tanner, crazy, Tanner like, I, everything you just said is reasonable and I understand it. But the LSU one is a perfect it, example. Exactly. If Even if you did ban it. How do you prevent that? Even if it's even if it's banned, even if it's completely illegal, yeah. that was still would have happened in LSU. They, if if a, a crazy buzzer beater like that, that is going. I don't care if it's banned or not. It's going to happen every time. That is a reasonable court storming. The, the LSU one was a reasonable one. The exact scenario just that you just used just completely dislodged your entire argument because you're literally saying like, what happens if it's immediate and you don't have time to get off the court? It, that was immediate. Kentucky still got off the court. No one was even close to getting injured. By the way, nobody even like, talked about that yeah, court storming. Yeah, nobody even like, talked about it. It but, was not close to anyone getting hurt because Kentucky realized, oh, we lost the game. We should probably get off the court because we know there's about to be court storming. Because guess what? We're Kentucky. Everyone wants to beat us. Duke should have the same way. They're Duke. Everyone wants to beat Duke. Guess what? If you lose, get off the court. Like, there's no reason for you to be on the court. Okay, so I, I think we all kind of understand where our where our opinions are on this. But I do want to make one point about what I wish court stormings were like. My biggest issue with court storming, my, my, my biggest problem with it, and it, this only seemed to start happening like five, six, seven years ago, something somewhere around that time. But they happen 
way too often now. I don't understand what changed a few years ago, but things like this Wake Forest game, 10 years ago, that kind of game was not a core storming. F- fans were smarter. Let's be 100% honest. That's true. But, but I think one big part of it as well is probably social media. Yeah. People running out there with their phones and getting video of it. I, yeah. I think that might have something to do with it as well. But regardless, it's happening too often now. Now, I'll go back to the LSU one again. That one is reasonable. Okay. Like, I understand how that one happens, and I don't fault LSU for that at all. Okay. And they got fined $100,000 for that. And I bet LSU doesn't even care. Okay. Because it was a reasonable court storming. It was crazy. It was exciting. I mean, it's. I think that was a very acceptable one, to be honest with you. The Wake, the Wake Forest one is a perfect example because we've seen a lot of those this year, a lot of games just like that that got score stormed just like that, where it was either you were already favored or it was basically a pick 'em. Why are you storming the court? Hey, guess what? Especially this year, top ten teams losing on the road, it's not a very big deal anymore, boys and girls. It happens every week now. You about two every. There's about two games every week where a road, uh, road top ten team loses. Okay, it's not that big of a deal. Why are you storming the court every single time? I, Everybody's just like it, it. Honestly, comes down to social. Everybody's looking yeah. for their ten seconds. Of yes, push. you're right. Later, I I I am under the opinion that court storming in college basketball, there should be a max. If you're talking about every level of college basketball, like all the division one schools, even if you want to go to schools like that are in the smaller conferences, like the SOCOM, like the ETSU level schools, or if you want to go even smaller than that, like Northern Kentucky or, you know, Florida Atlantic, like you want to go to those size schools all the way up to the biggest schools like Duke and Kentucky, North Carolina, Kansas, all from the bottom, all the way to the top, the entire season, I think there should be maybe a max of like 10 court stormings. And there's like 300-something basketball teams, okay? Over the course of the entire season, I think that we should never have more than like 10 court stormings. And when they are court stormings, it should be something like you're not just upsetting a team, but like you're like a 12 or more point underdog. Like you need to be a big underdog or you need to be breaking a very long streak where you just where you had been you had lost that team like the last 15 times you played against them or something like that. You it needs to be something big like that for you to be storming the court. That's it, just never anything else is uh, that's the way it used to be though. People that only used to storm the court for those kind of wins. And it's now so it happens too much. Everybody wants their 10 seconds it, of fun. I, that's that's literally I, I look, I, I agree. You're right. I love court storming. But it should be happening so much less. It's not even like interesting anymore. It happens so much that it's not even interesting. Like it's like I, I it's don't like think saying it's the word to be interesting. I think it is. It, it's supposed to be intimate. Like it's supposed to be a intimate college basketball thing. It is and, for that team, and it happens so much now that it's not intimate anymore. It's like saying the it, word. It's like saying the word "I love you" too much. Like, it's supposed to be a really intimate thing. If you say it too much, it's not intimate. It's anymore. intimate for that team. Like if you're uh, if you're a Wake Forest fan, even if you're at home watching, you're happy that they just stormed the court. You're like, I would have done the same thing if I was there. Let's go. But like, but in, but as a cad as a general college basketball fan. Even for like non-Wake Forest fans back in the day, whenever you saw a court storming, you would be like, oh, wow, that was cool. We just saw Duke lose. I hate Duke. Okay. I hate, we, I think we all hate Duke, but 
I didn't even like love the court storming. I was like, why are you storming the court? Like, usually if I see Duke lose, I would love for the team to storm the court. But why are you storming? You were the, you were favored in the game. You were favored by three points and you won by four. I, why are you storming the court? I just don't like I I, I just I don't get it. It, uh, it it's crazy. It comes down to it being a celebration. They're happy their team won and they're running on the court. I mean, like, that's great. I, but you know who never storms the court? Kentucky. Yeah, Duke, because they're Duke's favored in a lot of games. Yeah, like, Wake Forest favored. Okay, I get what you're saying, but they expect to win every game. Like, Wake Forest, favored or not, the fans are souped. They probably didn't know they were favored in the game. Honestly, they all bet on that game. One thing. They were all betting on the game. Come on. These college students are... Actually, I don't know if it's legal in North Carolina, but typical college basketball college teams today... All those, especially if you're a fan of the team and oh, you're yeah. going to a game, you know, it. you know, just I don't know. At the end of the day, it comes down to people are happy that they won and they're going to try to be a part of the team and they're going to jump on the court. I mean, like that, I, yeah, I mean, you're right about that, but it, it, it's it's just happening too much, man. It, it, I don't, here's the thing I wish there was a way that we could keep court storming exactly the way that it is. I don't think you should really limit it at all about how fast they get on the court. But it, it just shouldn't happen this much. It it it's just it needs to happen ten times total over the course of the entire year. And it's and it's literally happening like four times every week. Like four times a week. That's way too much, dude. It's way, way too much. I, I storm the court when you actually do something big, man. Like it's something that's you that's really big for your program that you haven't done in a long time. We're talking like the la- to be honest, the last acceptable storm court you know, court storm. Field storm. Literally, the last time I legitimately have thought about one and said that's acceptable. Tennessee legitimately when Tennessee beat Alabama. That is the last yeah, time I saw one, and I was like, "That's one thousand percent acceptable." They, they, Even they were, as an Alabama fan, that yeah. was one thousand. I mean, those those fans had been begging for that for over a decade. Yes. Okay, so yes, I agree with you. Which I guarantee you, if Tennessee beats Alabama again this year, they're going to storm the field. Out of Because it's anyway. I, it wouldn't uh, be a surprise. Especially with it, would with not, it not being safe. In yeah, game. they're not going to care anymore. But, okay, so you don't think LSU's court storming was reasonable? Because I think on that particular crazy ending like that, dude, I think that's reasonable. Yeah. That was crazy. They didn't think they were going to win. They thought when Rob Dillingham made that crazy sh- jump shot, they thought they lost the game, and then they made an insane play at the end and won. So, like they they went from thinking they lost to all of a sudden they won the game. I, I you can make an argument for it. I think I'm it's saying one in my opinion that it was like no doubt whatsoever the history behind everything. Yeah, but it, when the history like, is very important. But I do think the circumstances of the finish of the game does have something to do with it as well. Mm-hmm. But also in that Tennessee Alabama football game that you're talking about the finish to that game was also insane. Yeah. So I, I do think the way the game finishes also matters, which is another indictment on the 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 Wake Forest ending. If you're if they're in a situation where you're dribbling out the clock like that, the only way you should ever be allowed to storm the court in that situation is if you are breaking some kind of really long streak or you just made a major upset. Like Duke was ranked number one and you had a losing record kind of win. Like like here and I do want to say this. We were talking about acceptable core stormings. If no, if the team you were playing against, I, I feel like there are some exceptions to this that would not be acceptable, but I do think for the most part, if you're playing against the number one team in the country and you are unranked and you win the game, I, I don't think I could push back too much on you 
court storming that because that doesn't happen very much. Okay. Number one team losing on the road does not happen that often. By the way, do we know if Creighton stormed the court last week when they destroyed UConn? I don't know. I, I don't recall. If they did, it wasn't a big deal, but they were also ranked. So I may, that may not be okay with me. But if you're unranked and you beat the number one team in the country, I don't think I'm going to push you back too much on that unless you're somebody like Kentucky or Duke and you just happen to have a da- down near Kentucky and Duke should never storm the court period okay if you're if you're if you're one of those blue blood teams that we just listed last episode you're not allowed to storm the court ever period you can't do it okay? unless you win the national championship well that's not a home game well yeah but i'm just saying you know if you win the national championship i will give you permission well i don't think but it's not or storming at neutral there would be happen. there would be enough kentucky fans there you may get a court storm i don't think you can can you win a national championship game actually they hey, need, think about they that. need to no. look yeah for other stuff yeah like they, yeah it doesn't really work for that new yeah. in, in general neutral site it doesn't really happen because you just don't have enough the reason why it happens in home games for because is the student yeah, the section. student section is right there. Neutral sites that doesn't happen. So anyway, I I agree with Tanner that it just needs to happen way way less. It just it's it's frustrating. I don't know. It just needs to. It's just it's the player safety for me, man. And I get it. It's never happened before. Like okay, I I get that argument, bro. I I get that argument. But you also have to take into account what brandon said it's happening more and it's happening more and it's happening more and it's happening more they're ruining like they're they're ruining it for everybody yes and when something is happening more and it's happening more and it's happening more and you're getting to the point they're not even waiting until the clock hits zero at this point to do it you're tempting fate and that's where i'm coming from with if you can't in if you can't ensure player safety by making sure they can get off the field they, and like even if it's the case look if you need within il if you need to find kyle at this point for not getting off the court fast enough do that that would be like, very difficult but I but I, but you get what i'm saying <laughs> yeah. like make it to where something can happen like suspend him half of the game like i don't care just it's still make, at least make another make an effort to ensure player safety and if you cannot ensure play if you have exhausted all options and you can't ensure player safety you you have to man like this this is my thing with what you're saying i get what you're saying and i i don't want to see people get hurt that's not my goal either like if if people got hurt more from court stormings i would 100 percent agree with you be like okay i love them we gotta ban them how many look, court, how many look, people how, let me ask you this hold on let me make oh. my point what you're asking for is for what mcdonald's has now where they have to put caution hot whenever they give you coffee that's what you're asking for <laughs> that's the exact that's what i feel like is the exact same thing that you are asking for with the court stormings with ensuring player safety like guess what if you know there's a court storming get off the court guess what if you order coffee it's gonna be hot. Like, what? What are you asking for? Like, what do you think is gonna happen? Like, just have a little bit of common sense. I'm so tired of living in a world where people have to put like 
as they're mopping, they have to put caution wet floor on the floor. And if they give people a coffee, they have to say caution hot. That's like, because the lawsuits been. Yeah, that, no, that's because that's that, the problem. That's because that woman got just it. have a yeah. little bit of common sense, guys. Like it's I'm so tired of living in a world where people can sue someone for being just having zero brain cells. Like, oops, I spilled my coffee on myself and it didn't tell me that it was hot. So now I'm gonna sue McDonald's. Like <laughs> I get what I get what you're saying. How many let me ask you this. How many injuries would you have to see happen before you took a step back and it's like, okay, something needs to be done? It would have to be quite a few. And I'm being honest. It, it would have to be here okay, and by quite a few, it would have to be at least double digits. Well, and it would have, you have to see double digit players get injured before you take a step back and it's it like, depends, hey, bro, something needs to be done about because, people's because of, because of the history of how many times it's happened in the past and there's been zero injuries. But you're seeing point. it more now, Ben. It's not, not just, injuries. No, you're seeing oh, more court storming. My thing is, is idiotic court storming that doesn't need to be happening. It depends on the situation, too. If it was a situation like, Filipowski or whatever his name is, I don't know how to say his last name. But look, if it was a situation like that, I don't care how many players get hurt, and I know that sounds insensitive. That is a hundred percent on him and on his coach. He just literally is walking in the middle of the floor, and you said his back was turned. He saw them. He saw people storming this way and this way, and it was not even a three sixty because it was literally just both ends where the goals were. He had enough time to get out of the way, and he, like Brandon said, intentionally slowed down, it almost looked like, to get in the way, and then wanted to complain that they didn't go around him. How about you have some common sense and get sprint to the sideline to get out of the way of them? Or, like, when it, okay, yeah, and that, this is where it I'm going to push down to common when sense. You're getting, when you're getting to a situation, okay? When you're getting to a situation, and it, look, y'all aren't going to agree with this. I'm sorry, I don't care. When it gets to a point where you are having to ask players, I need you to sprint off the court. You have to sprint. Have to sprint. He literally just said he could have sprinted off because the of the situation that he put himself in. I mean, yeah. even hold on, even if even if, he, even, if he's, even if he's in that position, he doesn't even have to jog. He just has to walk with some sort of urgency. Yeah, and he could have been out of there. He. He had no intention on getting out of the way. That that's that's I mean, dude, I I just if you go back and watch it again, dude, I you may not completely agree with us after watching it again, but there's just no way you can make an argument. I'm still not. I work at a sports bar. That's all I saw on Saturday night. There's no way like, you can just, say he was uh, trying to get out. Another thing right. that people are wanting to bring up with the whole oh this guy got hurt and Kaitlyn Clark got hurt on an injury, too, from exactly a stork corming. Exactly the same. Literally, the stork corming had already happened before Kaitlyn Clark got hurt. I'm pretty sure it was a reporter or something that was running on the court uh, afterwards. He was a fan. Okay, yeah. well, anyways, she was way late. The group was already in the middle of the court, and then the fan was coming on the court. So if you want to talk about time or whatever, Kaitlyn Clark was literally looking this way and then turned around. And the fan is running in a straight line. The fan never moved out of the way to go hit Caitlin. He, she was literally just running in the straight line, and Caitlin Clark just wasn't looking, and then just ran into him. And guess what? She was still fine because yeah. yes, there was a collision, but it wasn't like there, she didn't get trampled. 
And she was so, still fine. She got hit. She's fine. I was about to bring that up too. Yeah. You were talking about how many injuries do we need to see. I was going to say, I have literally only ever even heard of two possible injuries ever in these kind of situations. And it was Kyle Filipowski and Caitlin Clark. And both of them were fake injuries. Yeah. Neither of them were actually injured. So they were just trying to create controversy. So like, I, 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 do I think it's possible somebody could get seriously injured someday, especially with the rate that these things are happening? Yeah, I, I agree with Tanner that the rate that they are happening now, it's making it more likely for an injury to actually happen. But I look, the injury thing isn't what what annoys me. Like I, I, I just I agree with Ben. We've seen it so many years, so many decades, and it's never been an issue ever with somebody actually getting hurt. It just shouldn't be happening this much, man. I, not, that's my I just, that's my entire thing. Like, yeah. I'm not saying, look, I'm not saying I don't like court storms. That's not what I'm saying. I I am a, a look. They're good for the sport. I like fans. Yeah. Huge for the sport. I love fans being able to get involved and celebrate. Like I I love that. Like I do. But they're happening so often now over ridiculous games that d that doesn't need to happen. That's when you need to look and that's when you need to start thinking about player safety. Because even in the ones that you were talking about, those were big enough games to where those were big enough games to where you knew because of how in this situation you knew it was possibly going to happen. Yeah. I'm sorry with, with Kyle and with other, with uh, whoever the head coach's name was. We're trying to giving them a pass on this. I'm sorry because look, I I'm sorry if it's me and I'm a player. You're a favorite. If you storm the court when you're a favorite, you look stupid. You're an yeah, idiot. Look, okay, you like, you're right about all of that. Can can I see John Shire not anticipating a court storming in that particular game? Yeah, I could see how that would be the case for him. So if you want to give the coach a little pass for that, I understand that. And even the player Filipowski. I still don't know why he's over there. Let's just say he was just lollygagging. He was just in his own brain. wasn't paying attention. Okay. And he wasn't anticipating a court storming either. But you can't tell me that whenever that clock had three seconds left on it and he saw everybody lining up, like pushing through and ready to go, he knew that that was happening at that moment. Now, would he have been able to bend off the court before that one second mark where they started storming? No, he would not have been completely off the court yet. But he could have been within a few steps of his bench by that time, for sure. He could have... Look, I agree with you over and over and over again. The Wake Forest storm in the court is ridiculous. That it's And Duke is reasonable, reasonable for them not to anticipate that. I agree with all of that. But you cannot say that Filipowski was trying to get off that court. Okay, there's just no argument for that. But so, but even if, if, he, it, even, if, if he, even if he was caught off guard, even if he was, which I don't think he was, but he, let's say he was, he could have avoided actual contact with the actual horde of fans there. He could have got to his bench. The thing is, like, I, one thing that I think you guys are underestimating is how fast something like that can happen. It happens very fast. Like, I'm just underestimating. You, you said, like, trying. they're on, like, they are literally from me to you. I know they can't see. But fans are literally from me to you to the court. 
Yeah, not, not where he was standing. He was but in the middle of the court. I'm saying on the court, Ben. I'm saying on he's the saying, court. He's saying okay. before they actually... You are court. literally, for me to Brandon, from being on the court. I would give you that if we haven't had 10 million years of this happening, Wait. dude. With no, nothing even close to this happening. It's because... The the distance hasn't changed with people between the court. The distance that's, hasn't changed. It's actually not, probably increasing. That's bit. not what I'm saying, Ben. That's exactly you're saying that the fans are too close and that ben, players can't have ben, enough time ben, to get off the court. Ben, not ben, what ben, I was trying to say, Ben. I, I think Tanner. What I to- was saying before you interrupted me was I'm talking about the situation. Okay. Yes, they're so close. Keep your pants on and let me finish. I'm saying they're so close, bro. So you have hundreds and thousands of people that can be on you in that situation. I get it. It's happened thousands of times. Okay. I, I get it. Okay. But I'm saying you're playing with fire in an aspect because it's happening more and more for stupid games that should not even be. Even the Illinois-Penn State, you can make an argument that didn't deserve to be a court storm. Okay, that one, that one like, did. They, they, they were, you down, can make they were down by 12 with 40 seconds. Okay, uh, yeah, okay. you can make an argument. But well, what I'm saying is this situation of how fast hundreds of people can be on you within a split second. So you're talking about every single possible court storming ever. Okay. Because at, literally, let, let everyone, bro, you're literally saying the same thing and then saying you're not saying this. You're saying you're talking about the situation of people, possibly a hundred people being on you in a split second. Literally, that's every single court storming. Except, it, and if you're just talking about specifically with this one for Duke, you have even less of an argument because he's not even standing on the baseline, which is where most of the people are when court storm gapping, because most of the time they're underneath the basket on a last second shot. But he's standing in the middle of the court, so he has even more time to get away because he's not underneath one of the baskets from where the court stormings are happening. I just, I, I, I get, look, I'm saying it's happening more and more and more I for stupid that. situations. Like, I'm sorry, I completely disagree with you. I do not believe that you need to have 10 dudes tear their ACL or 10 dudes miss games because of concussion and throw your hands up and be like, well, like, no, you don't No, You don't. If you see, if you see a problem, if you, if you see a problem, okay, you address the problem. Okay. Look, if you see, okay. If you see a plane sitting on the tarmac with one engine missing and one tire missing, like, do you let that plane take off and then be like, oh, hell, I don't know how. Okay. Ben, I'm, we shouldn't let, I'm, or do you address the problem when you realize, hey, this could be a problem? I'm so glad you used that example because you used a little bit of common sense and you don't let the plane take off from the runway because you used a little bit of common sense. What I was going to say is, if an NCAA legend, like, okay, let's not even, NFL player, Naheem Hines, this year for the Bills, got hurt in a skiing accident and couldn't play at all and lost money because he got hurt doing something not related to football. He made a decision to go have fun that ended up costing him to get hurt. And he lost a bunch of money. 
Filipowski made a decision to stay on the court and risk getting hurt. That is his decision. So, yes, that is his fault. And, and it's my thing with Naheem Hines. Naheem Hines' situation that- was unfortunate because he's just having fun with the family. And, yes, that is technically in their contracts is you're not supposed to do anything dangerous. Yeah. And that's the same thing with college sports, too. If they sign that contract to play basketball or any sport, they're not supposed to be risking anything right. dangerous. Look, now, people I- still do. But that's their decision. Yeah, and so if you make a dumb decision to get hurt, the, sorry. I, I, I agree with the general concept of what you're saying right there. But Naheem Hines and other players like that, they get hurt skiing and stuff like that. Their decision that they made was actually like a planned decision. The p- decision that Philip Housky made, I think, was, was jet skiing with his family, dude. Yeah, and a jet but, ski but slammed it, into his knee. But yeah, but you know the risk of doing that. Philip Housky's yeah. decision was a spur of the moment, just like, he wasn't planning on it, but he just decided to do so. He made a mistake in a moment. Like, like so Naheem Hines going on a, on a jet skiing trip, that's not a mistake. That was a decision. Okay, so they're just not allowed to have fun ever? Like, really? I don't blame Naheem. I don't blame Naheem yeah, Hines I, for anything. Either, but, I, but I'm saying, like, he made a mistake yeah. and he caused for it. But, yeah. okay, anyway. but So, I, I, I want to kind of finish the point on this. And I, I wanted to say this earlier, but in general, I agree with Tanner and other people that have similar opinions to Tanner on the general idea of court storming. I generally agree with your reasoning and why you want to limit things and put new rules in. Like I understand all of that, but you can't use this particular one as an example. Like the Filipowski thing, that's just an unacceptable decision by him. I, I agree with your reasoning for a lot of stuff, but this particular one cannot be used as an example for your reasoning. That, that's what I'm saying. Okay. And another thing is, I will give you court stormings can be dangerous, but not for the players. They're more dangerous for the fans than they are the players. But again, the fans they are, they are taking that risk to go celebrate with the team. If they get trampled, guess what? Fans aren't complaining and trying to ban, well, there probably are some fans that would try to ban court storming if they got hurt while doing the court they, storming. They would definitely but, sue. Yeah. They would sue the school, but, and they would win. No, I'm saying there are probably people that have got hurt before, but then the next day, they're laughing, being like, oh, how'd you get hurt? Oh, I stormed the court. Some know? of them, but I guarantee you some of their parents that, sued the school. There are probably and kids that would try to sue this. They probably won but, the lawsuit, yeah. too. <clears throat> but So, so court stormings are dangerous, but not for the players. Here is here is what I want. Okay, this may not work, but I think this is what we should all, we should all try first. I think every conference in America should do what the SEC did a few years ago, where every school gets fined one hundred thousand dollars. Because you want to know, you want to know one conference that doesn't do it all the freaking time. It's the SEC. It still happens in the SEC, but it's usually on very rare, very big occasions. Like the Tennessee Alabama game was a very rare, very big occasion. The LSU game wasn't like super rare that they beat Kentucky, but the way that that game happened was super rare. Like, so even they're finding, so like the schools are making a much bigger effort to have more security and preventing this from happening. But the schools also realize there are certain situations and certain games when it happens that they just can't stop it. So they're just going to like, hey, we're just going to have to put the bill on this. We're going to have to take the $100,000 fine. And in that that situation, in in that situation right there, okay, I agree. Okay, a last second shot. Are you technically going to be able to stop fans from storming the court? 
no, you're not going to yeah. be able to. And LSU, okay? LSU, that's the that's the situation. You need to have some sort. There, there's got to be something like. I think the fine is working well for the SEC, dude. I, I I really a lot of people think that it's not. I I actually think it is. I think every course storming that we've seen since that hundred thousand dollar fine thing's been implemented has been a reasonable court and field storming. I think. Mm-hmm. I think they've all been pretty reasonable. Tennessee was fine more than that. They were fine like 250. Well, theirs was a bit ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> they tore down goalposts and, and threw it in the river. river. I mean, yeah. that, that was a bit much. But I mean, but, but I, I think they've all been pretty. I think everything ever since the SEC has implemented that, I think all of theirs have been somewhat reasonable, man. I think it's worked pretty well. And I'm not again, I'm not against court storm. I want to make sure because I feel like Ben's making it come across like I'm against court storming, and that's not it. Okay. Like, I'm not against court storming. The player safety has to be the number one priority, okay? And when you are seeing this more and more and more for games you shouldn't have court storming, that's when you have to take a step back and look at how things are evolving, okay? Like, that's when you have to take a step back and look at the evol- in the evolvement of all of these things. Yeah. Okay. I mean, That's my argument. That's what I'm saying. What I'm scared of. This is what I'm scared of. Is I I'm scared of all the big wigs in the NCAA seeing what you're seeing right there, what that happening way too often, and it's getting out of control. And they just they make a bunch of rules where they ban it completely, yeah. where where students aren't allowed, <clears throat> whether they're expelled or not, are just never allowed back to like school events ever again, or any kind of event, or. Or people actually getting arrested or anything like that. I just, I hope the NCAA implements exactly what the SEC has done. I hope the NCAA just implements it across the country for everybody. Now, there are some small, they'll, they'll probably have to take in the, the size of the conference into account because some of these smaller schools can't pay $100,000. But the smaller schools, that could be a little bit less. But I think if you put a, fi- a fine number on all of these schools, the, the court storming and the field storming will still happen, but it will be way less often because these teams and these schools will put a lot more effort into stopping it from happening because they're not going to want to pay a hundred thousand dollars for, for a meaningless court storming. If Wake Forest was getting fined 100,000, if they were in the SEC, that court storming would not have happened. I 100% guarantee it. They would have had enough security around there to, that people would not have done that. But even if there is tons of security, if you get an insane, meaningful game, a meaningful court storming type game, it doesn't matter what kind of security you've got. They're still going to storm. But if it's a game that you're favored in, like Wake Forest was, they're going to see those security guards and they're going to be like, if I court storm, am I going to be the only one doing this because we're the favorite? Are we only going to be a few of us? Or we may actually get arrested for this. So we're not actually going to do it. I, I 100% believe if Wake Forest was in the SEC, that would not have happened on Saturday. 100% believe that. And even if you need to start, like, even if, like, you need to start, like, coaching players and just, you know, teaching players in this situation, this is how, like, start teaching players how to get off the court. Like, start making that a priority. Like, start, you know, even on those last second shot situations. And, like, if this, if it's a last second and you're in this, like, start trying to teach players how to get off like maybe you can set up like you can make this happen less without banning it like you can take precautions and put your in just have situational awareness yes 
Look, maybe I was doing a really bad job of explaining my points earlier, but that is exactly what I've been trying to say this whole episode. People should have been coaching Filipowski. Filipowski should have known exactly what he needed to do that whole time, and he just didn't do anything that he needed to do. And if you don't do it, that's when you need to start, like, that's when the NCAA needs to get, like, suspend him for a quarter something. I would not be upset if there was a situation like that and the NCAA was like, we don't feel that you tried to get off the court in a substantial amount of time. You're suspended first quarter of this game. I would not say a thing, bro. That would like very tough to do. It would, would be very to tough to do, but I would not feel, I would not, I would not be upset with that. I genuinely would. And here's the thing though, college basketball, especially the men's side, they don't have very many superstars, man. So the few that they kind of have that are kind of superstars like Filipowski, they want to protect those guys like crazy. They're not going to want to suspend that guy because of this. Like, but do you think, and, and this goes back, this goes back to what I said earlier. Would the fear of that outweigh the enjoyment of the crime? Yeah, but here's the thing also. Like I said earlier, I don't think that it was planned out by Filipowski to do that. I think it was just a dumb spur of the moment mistake. They weren't planning to lose the game. Well, I, I'm saying even with 10 seconds to go in the game, I don't think he was thinking like, man, if we don't pull off a miracle here, I think I'm going to, I know they're going to storm the court, but I think I'm going to try to create a scene. I don't think he was planning that with 10 seconds. You but made I, it sound like you thought that. I, I thought that was. Whenever they started running on the court, I think he saw an opportunity in that moment and was like, and he made a, just a split second dumb college student mistake. That's what I think happened. I don't think he was a plan. I think it was a mistake. It's one of those things like, what do you call it? Premeditated murder versus what's the what's the opposite of premeditated? I don't remember. I don't know what that's called. But anyway, honestly, if so, I see a hundred people running at me, hundreds, thousands of people running at me, bro, I might freeze. I might be like, bro, no, being dead serious. We're getting out. No, I'm not. Of course, I'm going to try to get out of the way. But like, are are you telling me that you're going to have your escape path already? You have hundreds and thousands of people. In you. No, you're going to have your entire escape plan you figured out in that. Moment. It was right in front of him. Like, I mean, he could see the opening wide as as the Red Sea, bro. I mean, it was there for him. I, OK, you're not getting that excuse from me because I'm reading this through a basketball player's point of view, too. Like. At the end of the game, you know what you do at the end of the game. You go to your bench. Regardless of whether you go high-five the other team afterwards or whether your coach tells you to go straight to the locker room, you go to your bench at the end of the game. That's what you do. So if you're trying to say he didn't know where to go or just froze and was like, oh, no, what do I do? you know what to do, bro. You go to your bench. And if he was at his bench, we don't hear a single thing. We probably don't even know that Wake Forest stormed the court after they beat Duke, honestly, if he just goes to the sideline. You're, yeah. He was going to his bench. Your argument is he didn't go to his bench fast enough. That's your argument. He wasn't to. trying to get to his bench. Like That's that's yeah. what Ben is saying, and I agree with Ben. Was he walking in the direction of the bench? Yes. Was he walking with any sort of pace at all? No. In fact, he was walking slower than a normal walk speed. He was walking like slow motion walking, like very, very slow. And I, I anyway, I, I, we, we, we've ran this into the ground. We all, I, 
I agree with you in general about the court storming things. And ben wants to see 20 people tear their ACL. That's what Ben thinks. I don't want people to go. And I, but I, if you in make general, a decision, I, we need to make sure these players and these coaches know how to protect themselves. When you, when you were saying that earlier, I completely agree with that. I think if we did that, if, if we got all the coaches and players to understand completely how to protect themselves in these situations, we wouldn't have to make any rules about it. We don't even have to have fine. We could just all have a blast doing this and everybody would be safe because everybody would have common sense. But, but once again, even with that, you can't, you can't take into account the stupidity of people. You yeah. never know what stupid people are going to do. You're going to have people that want their 10 seconds of fame. If somebody you, does something really stupid, they're going to jail. Yeah, if somebody actually does something really stupid, searching somebody out and actually like assault somebody, they will go to jail because that will be on camera and they will know exactly who that is. There will be one in a particular person that they saw on video doing that and that person will go to jail. Okay. So I think, I think that's, I think that's enough motivation for people not, people not to do something super stupid. Because if you do do that, like the, you're talking about, the kind of things you're talking about, they will go to jail for that. I mean, I don't agree with that because you literally have people that the track are throwing popcorn on NBA players the, now. Like you're, like the, but still, the NBA you can't. I, look, dude, if you get popcorn thrown on you, I don't have sympathy for you. I don't care if you get popcorn thrown on you. I mean, fine. You can throw a, a bucket of sweet tea on me and I'd be like, wow, really? Okay. And I would go to take a shower. Like the showers are right there. They're great. I like to fight somebody. I mean, come I would have, I, I would have some. Not as I mean, swim, please. And yeah, we need to wrap this up. But <laughs> anyway, yeah, that was definitely the most talked about thing. And unfortunately, it was the most talked about thing that we talked about today, too. Yeah, it's, it's one of those dilemmas that there's not really a correct answer for, uh, unfortunately. If everybody had common sense and everybody was taught exactly how to protect themselves, like Tanner was talking about. None of this would be an issue at all, but I do think if, if the fans had a little bit of common sense too, honestly. Well, but yeah, when you're talking about fans having common sense, it's just knowing the right time yeah. to do that. I'm and, a fan of it. I like it regardless. And also, also like, don't n- not okay. So a few of the things that fans should have common sense about: one, the right kind of game to do it. That you might ha- you might have an opportunity, duh, or maybe some kind of insane play at the end of the game. Okay, that's another exception. Also, if you are going to do it. Don't do it while there's still time on the clock. If there's still, a, if it hasn't hit triple zeros, don't be out there. Okay, yeah. that's another Wait, common, that's buzzer, bro. common sense. There's a buzzer there for a reason. So, I, anyway, that, here's the thing: we're asking fans, players, and coaches, everybody to have common sense, and that's just never going to happen. Never going that's to never people. People in general just don't have common sense, man. They just don't. It's just we're asking too much. We really are. But I think, I think as a general rule. All three, we do not want to see court storming go. But if this keeps going like it's going and people keep ruining it for everybody else, we will see court storming go. And we don't want to see it go. So quit ruining it for everybody. That's the main point. Quit being stupid. You guys got anything else you want to add to that? We need to put that on t-shirts. What, quit, quit being stupid? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I would, that would be my favorite t-shirt. <laughs> quit being stupid. I, I actually want to make that t-shirt so bad. All right. I think we're going to wrap hey, y'all up the virtual zone. Quit being stupid. We're going to score and go lay in the middle. Yeah, there you go. I'm going to wrap it up there, and I'm going to close this out today. Hey, whoa, no, whoa, no, I, whoa. You can, you can save yours for Wednesday. I have a good one, bro. I, Brandon, got... Brandon, this is a big moment for Yeah, this is, this is my first one. big moment for the pot. Okay. Wrap us up, Brandon. Okay, here we go. What has five toes and is not your foot? Oh, gosh. What? My foot.